This is the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast, Episode 9, Pro Tips. So throughout the months and even years doing real estate photography or working in any business, really, you'll learn all these little tips and life hacks that make your job easier, make your day a little less stressful, and that help you stay prepared in unusual and unexpected kind of ways. And this is what I want to go through today. I've Every now and then when I get this idea of some new way of doing anything or, or some little pro tip, as I like to call them, I will write it down and I've got a list for you here. These are things that I've learned on the job. I never really went to school for photography or for business, and I certainly didn't have anyone hand-holding me through the process. So these are things that I've learned in my own experience. Okay, first pro tip. Keep boots in your car, and that's year-round. Or your truck, if you're driving a truck, or your van or SUV, whatever vehicle you're driving out to get to your appointments, keep a spare pair of work boots in them. Why? Well, if it's muddy out, if it's wet out, if it's particularly dirty or dusty, or maybe you've got to trek through some unlandscaped or unmanicured parts of someone's yard, you know, maybe it's a little swampy, maybe it's just kind of piles of leaves and and it's just not too clean. Keeping a pair of boots in your car is going to come in so handy in those rare instances, or if you live in New England like me, about half of the year. Because if you can not only swap into a pair of work boots that you don't care if it gets dirty or what happens to them, and then you just throw them back in the car when you're done, you're going to help keep the client's house clean, and you're going to keep your shoes clean, your normal daily working shoes, whatever they may be, And you're going to have dry feet. (laughs) I know it's kind of weird to talk about stuff like this. Like we're photographers. But if you are making a living doing photography and you go out one day and you step in a puddle or you step into some dirt that it was muddy and you just get this smear of dirt and mud and grime all over the bottom and sides of your shoe, it's going to be so irritating to have to try and clean that off right there before you walk into the house or later when you get home if you like to keep clean shoes and it's time that you don't need to waste that is so easy to fix because we should all have some form of boot or work boot at home and it's also going to make us look more professional i mean it kind of looks silly if you're wearing i mean when i go out i'm wearing like business or business casual i'm wearing slacks and some dress shoes or some work appropriate kind of footwear. I'm not wearing like gym sneakers or running shoes or anything like that. When you throw boots onto a business casual outfit, it doesn't really look all that great if you're in tune to something like that. But when you have them on for just a couple of minutes, yeah, you look silly. But the fact that you have taken that extra special step to keep yourself clean and the property that you're about to enter clean It just makes you look more prepared. You look more professional. You're clean. You're dry. Everybody's happy. Next tip. Keep and use booties, little shoe covers, the little plastic ones I recommend. There are some reusable like canvas or Tyvek. I don't even, I'm not sure what kind of material it is, but there are reusable, washable shoe covers. I don't think that would be the best if you're going to be doing a lot of photography appointments because over time those booties really wear out. With daily use, they get discolored, they look kind of nasty, and if you ever pick things up on them like fur or little splinters, whatever it may be, it just doesn't look too clean even after a good cleaning And you don't want to risk picking up a pebble or some little thing that gets stuck in the fabric that stays with you and then you go around scratching brand new floors. The little plastic booties, single-use, disposable, super cheap. I think they're like $10 for $100. You do the math on how much your cost is per photo shoot. 
for booties. To be able to just throw them on after you've come from walking around a property, no matter what the weather is, it's not as clean. I mean, I guess it depends on the kind of property that you're shooting, but generally the floor inside the house is supposed to be cleaner than the yard outside. And you don't want to bring whatever was in the yard in. If the sellers do, or if the realtor does, that's on them. But as professionals, as photographers, our appearance and our client interactions are as important, maybe not quite, but almost as important as our actual photography. No matter how good a job you do, if you walk into someone's house and you leave it looking dirtier and grosser than it was before you got there, you're not going to leave too many good impressions on people. The booties are really great. I love buying them in bulk. I'll buy two or three hundred at a time and I'll stock up whenever I feel like I'm getting low, like 50 or so. I'm never without the booties. I have bags of them in the glove box in my car. I have them in my little Pelican case for the camera gear. They come out so handy and they have another heretofore unadvertised purpose, or I guess we'll call this a pro tip kind of special use. You can cover your shoes outside. Now, this may seem counterintuitive. Why would you put a protective shoe covering to protect what the outside that doesn't make any sense well no it's to protect your shoes if you forget your boots which I'm sure many of you will (laughs) Um, I bet many people that heard me say keep boots in your car are going to say yeah it's a great idea and then not do it or just say no I'm not doing that well one day you might find yourself needing to walk out into an area where there might be some mud or some muck or the weather is just kind of turning and you're not prepared. Well, you can throw on a pair of booties on your shoes and do your little walk around outside and then throw them away, put on a new pair when you go inside. You protect your shoes to keep yourself dry. Uh, The plastic ones are great for that, provided you don't step on an errant flap of plastic or uh, rub it up against some some rough material like rocks or something tearing it open then water will get in but in a pinch it's really helpful bear in mind you will lose a tremendous amount of traction so if you're really good on your feet if you've got good balance you're in good shape you'll probably be okay but if you feel like you're already at risk for a slip and fall do not put booties on your shoes and expect to be able to have the same kind of traction. That's where the boots come in handy. But if you didn't listen to me about the boots, you can use the booties as a backup. So one more bonus use of those little booties. If you've got a camera that isn't totally weather sealed, you can stretch the booty over the top of your camera, which will shed a little bit of water. Now, is this going to waterproof your camera? No. Is it going to guarantee no water gets in? No. But if you're stuck outside and water starts coming down and you know if it gets into your camera or your lens, it's game over for you, but you still have to get those last couple images. Well, if you have no other option short of having someone hold an umbrella over your camera for you while you're taking the shot, you can stretch a booty over the top of it and hopefully shed some water. Or if you have a weatherproof camera that should be able to handle a little bit of rain, plus a weatherproof lens, remember if you have a weatherproof camera but not a weatherproof lens, you do not have the weatherproof seal at the lens mount. But if you do, and say you like to use a radio transmitter or wireless transmitter, if you're not using a a phone app or something, Or if you're using like a cam ranger and you get to plug it into the camera, well, you could potentially stretch a booty over that from the plug on one side all the way over to the other side of the camera and hopefully shed some water there so you can feel a little bit more comfortable. I mean, maybe you don't want to be shooting out in the rain at all, ever. Okay. If you're looking at the clouds and you're thinking, "Eh, it might be a little iffy, I might get something on me, but I'll try and get the shot. 
This is a great little tip to keep in the back of your mind just in case so you can potentially reduce the chances of getting a drop of water down in a critical part of a very expensive piece of equipment. Okay, next tip. And this is one that I've learned from a person who is near and dear to my heart, but is not a photographer, never was. This is to keep a spare change of clothes and cosmetics in your car or truck or whatever, you know, whatever you're driving for business. That includes mints, perfume, toothbrush, toothpaste, all these things. So this isn't going to come in particularly useful until you get really busy. And I mean so busy that you're on photo shoots from sun up to sun down. And then you're spending sun down to sun up editing and delivering photos. So what happens? You might feel a little bit rushed, a little bit overwhelmed. And it's easy to forget basic things like making sure to take that extra few minutes to do your makeup if you wear makeup or to make sure you're wearing a freshly pressed shirt or anything. This is all about having a kind of backup supply for your presentation of yourself. As professionals and as photographers, as professionals who work with visual products, appearances are very important. If you don't look like a professional, if you don't look put together and clean, people aren't going to expect that your photos are going to look professional and put together and clean. And when you're going out meeting with clients, I mean, in a perfect world, we all know that, you know, the beauty, it's only skin deep and that people are so much more than their appearances and blah, blah, blah. Like we, we get that. We understand that, you know, humans are interesting and dynamic beings that you can't just take a glance of and understand what's going on. But when you don't know someone and you're meeting them for the first time or maybe for the, even the 10th time, maybe you know them a little bit, what you see going on on the outside is the biggest and sometimes the only indicator of what is going on on the inside. So if someone looks at you and you're disheveled, and you're not properly prepared for the day, which doesn't mean just having your gear in hand ready to go, batteries charged. It means yourself, your person. People are going to think that maybe your product isn't going to be that put together. And maybe the lack of attention to detail and your own personal appearance is going to show in your work. And this isn't going to be for everyone, of course. That's certainly the case for me and many of my clients that I work with. And never mind the fact that I just want to always have the best presentation of myself that I can. I never know when I'm going to sit down and meet with a potentially new client or pick up another referral. I want to be presentation ready all the time. And that's not really possible to do easily if you're getting super busy. So what I always do, and this is something that I think everyone should do, even if you're not in the photography business, I mean, especially if you're a real estate photographer, because you're driving out and you're out most of the day driving from location to location. Even if you're perfectly prepared, you know, you did your hair just the way you like to do it. You're wearing a nice snappy outfit. If you're wearing makeup or if you're doing a lot of hair products, like it could all be just right. And what if you go down the road for five minutes and you spill some coffee on your shirt or on your, on your lap? Or you stop somewhere for lunch, you want to be healthy, you're watching what you eat, so you get a salad, put a little olive oil on it, take a bite, and then find drops of oil on you. What do you do? Uh, what if you uh, left the window a little bit too far open down the highway and the wind messed up with your hair and now it's all kind of crazy? Well, if you had a spare little backup kit, some clothes, maybe just a shirt, maybe a full outfit, and, you know, a little travel case of like a hairbrush or something and some uh, mints, it's going to go a long way on those busy days. And for those of you who have to roll right out of bed and run into your car to make that first appointment, this is going to be a lifesaver. I know there's plenty of you out there. And if you don't know what I mean, good. Keep it that way. Next tip. So I've just been talking about apparel and outfits and accessories. Let's add another layer on top of that. 
is to have and maintain work outfits. As photographers, generally, we don't really have a uniform. I suggest you come up with a uniform. It can be your own little design. It doesn't have to be like logoed polo shirts or anything like that, but I mean, a particular look, a business or business casual appearance that you want to have consistently and put together a little wardrobe, you know, just a few outfits that'll get you through the week. So during the day, while you're working, you're maintaining a very consistent appearance and you're not wearing out your everyday casual clothes. And when you come home at the end of the workday, and you change out of your, I'm throwing up some air quotations, your uniform, it kind of helps you change your state of mind too. There's just something about changing your appearance from, say, a business outfit to a more casual kind of stay-at-home thing that really improves, at least for me, the ability to just kind of unwind and relax and get out of that headspace of, of work and then focus more on family and things at home. Next pro tip, no more clothes. <laughs> this is to keep promotional material with you to give to new clients at all times. In your work vehicle, in your if you have a, a bag, a messenger bag, a backpack that you take with you, in your Pelican case, whatever you're carrying, keep some extra business cards, brochures, whatever, flyers, little photo books. Keep a bunch of them on you. Make them readily accessible at any time. Because being able to casually reach over and take out your contact information and hand it to someone or show them this new little thing you've been working on, it adds to the air of preparedness that people expect of entrepreneurs and professionals. It also helps you prevent loss of opportunities because as real estate photographers, We've got a lot of potential clients in our midst. Pretty much anyone that lives anywhere could be a potential photography client. You don't want to limit yourself by not being readily able to network and capture new leads or new potential business opportunities. Plus, if you ever need to update or change information, you can toss out the old stuff, replace it with new, and then every client that you meet say, hey, did you get the new thing? Did you get this updated flyer or this new promotion I'm running? I've got them right here. If you don't need it now, that's okay. You can hang on to this or pass it on to your friend and we'll take care of that later. Always keep promotional material with you, at least in your vehicle, at least not too far away that you could just go get it and, and come back conveniently. I know that's gotten me a few extra clients here and there, just in unexpected moments at barbecues, at business networking events, whenever, wherever, you'll come across the odd person that says, oh yeah, I might know somebody that could use a photographer. Let me pass them your card. Sometimes these people actually do it. They take your card and they hand it over. A lot of the time, if it's the person that I'm talking to is, is potentially going to be the client, I'll try and get their number right there on the spot. But if that's just not possible or if it's for a referral, it's going to come in so handy to just be able to give them something they can hang on to. You want to be able to promote your business at a moment's notice. Next tip, we're talking about promoting our business. Keep a lot of sample images, video if you do that, links to your portfolio website, if you don't have a portfolio, links to a Google Drive with a bunch of your sample images in them. Anything like that, put it together in a place where you can quickly and easily share it. I use a note-taking app on my phone. I have a special note with just links to a Google Drive with sample images, some YouTube videos, some other things, documents, and some other things like that. I have that link ready to go because if I'm in that situation and I'm talking to someone who might potentially be a client, I'll say, hey, could I get your phone number? I'll text you a link to a bunch of really awesome sample images. And if you're going to be using me on one of your listings, you could even share this link with your sellers to show them the kind of image quality that they can expect when they're working with you. Or, of course, and I don't say this, but they're probably thinking it at some point, if they can see some sample images 
and decide that they don't like me, then they don't even have to worry about hiring me in the first place. This is a wonderful tool to use to get contact information to show people you're a professional, you know what you're doing, you're prepared, and at the same time, be able to share some sample images. And worst case scenario, get feedback on your portfolio and see what people think generally. Even if they don't turn into clients, maybe they could give you some kind of feedback that would help you improve your portfolio that would help you get the next client. Who knows? Either way, you're able to take advantage of every opportunity that comes along when you have your finger on the trigger in this kind of a way. Next pro tip, always, always, always have spare batteries and memory cards strategically placed around your life. Memory cards are essential. So are batteries. And I don't mean just double A's. Yes, double A's if you're using them in your flashes, but if you have special batteries for your camera, special batteries for your flash, or whatever other gadgets you might be using, have extras. Never go out with just enough battery power. Ever. If you know how many batteries you need to get you through an entire day of shooting for your camera or your flashes, it doesn't matter. You want to have like double or triple that. Just ready to go, charged up. You never know if that day comes where you forgot to charge what you had in the camera and then the stuff that had been sitting for a while has lost some batteries. So you realize, uh-oh, oh, I've got to either cancel an appointment or I've got to start asking people if I can plug my chargers in. <laughs> and, you know, I've had to do this before. If you're comfortable with it, then that's one thing, I guess. But personally, I'm not comfortable asking people if I can charge up my batteries in their house. Obviously, the electricity is going to be minuscule, the expense. It's going to be almost unnoticeable to charge up some double A's or a little camera battery. But to show up and then basically to tell people, hey, I forgot to charge up my stuff. I'm just going to do it here. I'm just going to do what was supposed to be done hours ago right now. It just seems like you're unprepared and it just doesn't seem like the mark of a true professional to show up and just not have what they need to do the job. Memory cards. This is something that you want to have everywhere. You want memory cards in a holder or a case of some sort with your camera bag and your camera stuff, with your photography gear. And then you want to have some extra ones in the glove box of your car. And then you want to have a couple extra ones kicking around in your desk at your office. And maybe some more in your bedroom, in your dresser drawer. You want to kind of scatter these things throughout your life because you don't want memory cards to be scarce, ever. You do not want to be out on a shoot or if you're so busy that you don't have time to fully download or back everything up from one day into the next, you might run out of memory or come close. And that's a dangerous prospect to consider. Something that I do on a routine basis, I recommend that you do it. This is another pro tip. Put one photo shoot on one or two memory cards. If your camera can do two backups, then do two. If your camera can only do one card at a time, then do the one. If you don't want to be swimming in memory cards and you have the camera that can do two, maybe just put in slot two a really big card, like 128 gigs, something like that. And then in slot one, cycle through. So most of your photo shoots throughout the day, if not all of them, are on one card in the camera, and then the other ones are on individual cards in a holder. You do this because you get a lot of cards, and you get a lot of cards because cards can fail, and you want to limit the potential of failure as small as it can possibly get. It is not acceptable to even lose one file due to a card failure, and you want to plan against this. Now, the easiest way to, to plan against it is to do the backup thing, right? To have a camera that has two memory card slots and back up all your files. Short of that, back up all of your files onto another SD card or onto a hard drive on location or very soon thereafter. If you're a professional, you have to be reliable and you have to be able to basically guarantee that all of your clients are going to get their files no matter what. 
Even if you let one slip by, you don't want that to potentially sour your reputation. If word gets out that you do a great job taking photos, but uh, there was that one time where they were all deleted and then it got the realtor in trouble and they they maybe even lost the listing because the seller was so mad with them and went with somebody else. Like Word like that travels far and wide. People say, oh God, do not call this guy. He does a great job. He's so nice and so friendly, but I don't know if he's able to deliver every single time. Even one slip up can make you seem unreliable in the minds of potential clients for a long time, an unacceptable amount of time, even if it's for a day. You don't need to deal with that kind of trouble if you don't have to. The easiest way to work against that is to just litter SD cards all over the place, split them up, don't load them up to 100% capacity. Don't use them over and over and over and over and over again in a row consecutively because you have to. You'll have less runtime per card on average. You'll have less memory per card on average. So if there is a failure, you you know really shrink down the amount of data that could possibly fail. Like if you're doing a whole day's photo shoot on one card, four or five photo shoots, that's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photos. Imagine having to call a whole bunch of people back and say, hey, you know, that photo shoot went great, but... Can we reschedule? That's not going to fly, especially in the real estate world where a listing agent will call you up and they need the photos yesterday. In some cases, they don't mind, or maybe there's even an expectation that they're not getting photos right away. Even still, as photographers, you can't afford to be unreliable with your photography. You can't afford to, even on those days where you're just, you're going all out, sun up to sundown, you're tired, you've got other things going on maybe in your personal life, you're distracted, you get to the first photo shoot of the day and you realize, oh, geez, I forgot all my SD cards back at home. (laughs) Got to turn around. Hey, let's delay all my appointments by an hour. See how that goes. (laughs) If you're trying to run a business, you're not going to get away with mistakes like that for very long. Once in a while, sure. I mean, we're all human. We all make mistakes. I certainly make mistakes. But if we don't take the steps that we need to to prevent them from happening in the first place, we're going to be much more mistake prone. Keeping extra batteries, extra SD cards lying around, that's going to save your behind one of these days, maybe years from now. And you're going to be patting yourself on the back because you're going to be so proud that this potential problem never happened because you are prepared. Man, that's just the greatest feeling. Okay, next pro tip. Keep a case of water in your car. And if you just refuse to drink water, okay, fine. You know, Gatorade or or Propel or who knows what people drink these days. It would your drink of choice, something please as healthy as possible. I prefer water. I recommend it. It's good stuff, but for everyone else, we should all be carrying water even if it's not our drink of choice. Even if it's not the warmest or the hottest time of the year, because we need to be hydrated. If you want to be out doing photography, you're going to be on your feet. You're going to be moving around. You're going to be spending a lot of time on the road, going from appointment to appointment. And if you start going whole days and you start getting dehydrated, you could probably sustain it for a little while. I mean, I know I have not even paying attention to it, but eventually you start to lose a little bit of a mental edge. You know, you're not quite as sharp and as there. And never mind those uncomfortable, almost desperate moments when you realize like, oh my gosh, I am so thirsty. You got to stop somewhere and get something. What do you get? You get a coffee or iced tea at a drive-thru. Why not just reach behind the chair or next to you in the passenger seat and just pick up a nice refreshing water And that'll keep you going. It'll save you time on the road. And it'll save you money. Next pro tip. Counting apps. Your MLS has a maximum number of photos that the listing agent can post on the listing. You may also have a maximum number of photos that you plan on doing on a shoot. Or maybe you're even charging per photo. 
Either way, you know almost exactly how many images you want to end up sending over to the listing agent. Maybe you've got a target range. In my MLS, the maximum number of photos that a listing agent can post is 30. So I shoot for something like 31 to 35 finished images when I send them over. So agents can pick and choose their favorite ones. And on smaller homes where it's just not really reasonable to get that many photos, it would just be too repetitive. I make sure to communicate that to the listing agent and make sure they're okay with how many they're getting. The point is, as photographers, our time is valuable. You don't want to fall into a habit of just taking as many photos as you can of whatever, or just trying to kind of get a feel for how many you've got so far, and then go back to the office and realize that you took way too many, which is a waste of time, or you didn't take enough, and then you're going to be upset for different reasons, because you know you're about to get in trouble. Well, if you get an app on your phone, a counting app, and there's a bunch of different options, you can very casual couple of minutes of searching, even just on your app store, will yield you some great options. Download the app and just keep track and keep count of the photos. So what I do when I get to a photo shoot, I fire up my app, I reset the ticker to make sure I start at zero, and then after each shot, I pull out the phone, plus one, Put the phone back in my pocket, find the next shot, take a picture, plus one, take a picture, plus one, plus one, plus one. And then, like I said, MLS here is 30. So once I hit 30, I take a quick look around and seriously consider if I'm done or if I should take an extra one to five shots, just depending on what I've walked into. Or if I'm at like 16, 17 and I'm pretty much done. I can look over to the listing agent and say, hey, I'm at 17. Do you want me to take more? I can zoom in and do some close-ups if you want. Or is there anything specific that you'd like me to catch that I haven't? For the more detail-oriented listing agents, the ones that like to kind of follow you around and see everything that you're doing, I'll give them a count as I'm going along. So they'll be with me for the first one, the second, and the third, and the fifth. And I'll tell them what number we're at. For some people, they really appreciate that. Not everyone, and I certainly don't do that all the time. When you add something so simple and totally free that adds zero extra working hours to your day but helps you actually save time in the end, I know in my case that sometimes takes upwards of 50 images on a property depending on how big it was. And then I'd get back to my office and I'm like, oh my God, which ones do I even edit which ones do I delete? Which ones do I even try to work with? Or do I do all of them and then, you know, pick the best ones out of the heap? It takes too much time to worry about stuff like that. And there's no point in doing a whole bunch of extra work for no reason. There's no reason to do all the extra work taking photos that, in the end, no one is even going to see. So it can actually help you be a better photographer. Focus on the limitation as far as the number of photos you can take, and just try and get the best shots out of the gate. The counting app is just a great little pro tip. I hope you start using that today. <laughs> You're probably listening to this on a phone. How about you jump over to your app store right now and search for an app that you can use to keep track of your photos. Now, if you shoot more photos than you plan on editing and deliver to your client, whether you do this on purpose or an accident, don't edit all of them. If you know there's a number of photos that you are not even going to deliver, like say your limit for the number of photos is 30, like in Massachusetts, and you're going to deliver 35, but you've got material to potentially create like 50, say. Say you went just crazy, you went overboard. Go through the raw files, and then from there, pick the ones that you're going to actually edit, even if it's more than the maximum limit for MLS. Don't go through and edit every single photo and then pick the ones you want to use. Why would you put in the minute, the five minutes, the hour, whatever, crazy amount of time, any amount of time that you're almost purposely wasting is a crazy amount of time. Don't Edit a photo to potentially just say, no, 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 forget that one. I'm not using it. 
sometimes you have to kind of do some little preliminary tweaks to see if maybe you could get something out of it that you wanted to. That's fine. Just jump into the develop module, make some quick adjustments, and then make your determination. Are you going to move forward with it or not? But if you're not using the counting app and you're not keeping track of how many photos you're taking on location, at least try and save yourself some time and post. Next tip, and I've kind of addressed this already, but replace your gear before it breaks. Replace your gear before it breaks. Don't wear something out to the point that you're unsure of its reliability and then in the middle of a photo shoot, the thing just totally disintegrates before your eyes or just stops functioning. Now, if you have a backup or ready to go, okay, fine. But I would recommend by the time you get to that point where you have something that's newer or in better shape, just use that, retire the worn out thing, either sell it or hang on to it as like a B camera or whatever you may need. Don't make your primary daily driver equipment of whatever it is, lights, cameras, stands, tripods, don't wear it out to its last thread and then continue using it on a professional income generating basis. Replace the gear before it breaks. Next tip, keep spare cables. So all those little cables and extra little cheap things that you need to run your business, keep spare or backup ones everywhere. And of course, not literally everywhere. And of course, not even really figuratively everywhere. But the point is to have a bunch of extra things. Look around at your business. Look around at your equipment. See what little tiny insignificant pieces of your workflow that if they failed, it would be a big problem to overcome or really inconvenient to deal with. I'll give you an example. Batteries, we talked about before. Remote shutter release cables. It's not just any old cable. It's going to be the right one. And they're like, what, $5, $7 for these specialized little shutter release cables if you're using a remote trigger. Why would you only get one? What if you drop it somewhere? What if it just wears out? And then the contact within the cord itself becomes unreliable. And then you don't know if it's going to actually work every single time you try to use it. What if the cable kind of pokes out and gets crushed in the lip of a case that you're carrying it in? Shutter release cables, if you depend on wireless triggers and you need cables, don't let yourself get caught with a busted cable and... Now you've got to figure out a workaround for what you're used to doing. It's going to trip you up. It's going to be irritating. And it's going to take time to replace it too. I mean, even if it doesn't mess you up that bad, to have to go through the extra effort of doing your workaround and then finding a replacement, it's going to be annoying and inconvenient. And you could prevent it just by getting two or more of the thing that you need. Another great example would be umbrellas. Or light modifiers. If you're using a light modifier in your photography, especially an umbrella, what if you have it out and then it falls onto the corner of a sharp something and then it gets a tear in it? Or what if you just kind of wear it out and then you have to replace it? Well, how long are you going to wait for it to get replaced if you're used to using a piece of equipment and then all of a sudden it's not available to you? It's going to have a ripple effect in your workflow. You don't need to add stress to your day. You don't need to add extra working hours that you shouldn't have needed to in the first place. It's going to be irritating and it's easy to prevent stuff like that. Those booties that I mentioned earlier, they're only useful if you've got them ready to go and they're so cheap. Why not just buy a whole bunch of them and make sure you always have a bunch of them no matter what then you will not have to worry about running out. I mean, if you lose or misplace things, if you're disorganized in other parts of your business, that's a different kind of problem to deal with. But you don't want to let the simple extra couple minutes of, oh, I should order this thing or I should make sure to pick one up the next time I'm at the store. You don't want to have to deal with the irritation of not being properly prepared when you easily could have been. Next tip. 
Have an emergency gear plan. A lot of these tips are about preventing or preparing for eventual failures. If you're going out every single day doing photo shoots, you're using your stuff to death. Have a plan for what's going to happen if something fails. For me, the most preferred plan is to have a backup handy on location. But if that's not possible, know where your nearest store or rental places for camera equipment and other gear like that. Let's say you've got a fancy new camera. It has a glitch and it just won't work. You don't know how to fix it. You can't figure it out. You have to send it in for a quick repair and then they have to mail it back. Wherever the manufacturer's little waypoint is. Wherever they need you to send it to. So in the interim, you're going to not have that piece of gear. Now, if you had a backup ready to go, this wouldn't be the end of the world. It'll be inconvenient, but you'd be ready. If you couldn't have a backup or didn't for whatever reason, where are you going to find a replacement so you can maintain your business? You can't let a situation like this force you into an unexpected vacation because it's going to make you seem like you're an unreliable business person because if you're available today and then you're not available the next day for no reason and no notice people are going to be like well what's the deal i need to be able to call you whenever i need you and set something up when they call you they don't want to hear oh my stuff is broken i gotta wait until the repair shop sends it back i don't know maybe a week or two (laughs) they're not going to wait if they have a listing that they're trying to get on the market now and they're going to remember that for the next time So maybe you'd want to run out and quickly buy something on a credit card if you have to, which is worst case scenario. Or you may have a rental place nearby or you might have some photographer friends that you know you could rent or borrow equipment from. This is a plan that you want to have in place before you need it. You need to know how you're going to deal with a massive equipment failure. Or how about this? Imagine that all your gear is at your home office and your house is robbed and your gear is stolen. And this happens to people. It's not like super common, but it happens. If all of your stuff disappeared right now, what are you going to do to keep yourself in business so you can actually make some money back to replace or recover the lost goods? Maybe it wasn't theft. Maybe it was a fire, a flood. Things happen. There's no guarantee that you're going to go throughout your entire career and not have to deal with an emergency like this. It's going to be rare, but having an emergency plan in place, it's like those little fire escape maps you see in buildings. You know, Almost everyone that ever looks at those maps is never going to use it. But in the event of an actual emergency where someone is not sure where to go, that thing's going to be a lifesaver. Literally, have an emergency plan. You don't need to have a black and white and red emergency escape map like you'll see in those buildings. But you will want to have a good idea of what you're going to do. If you're thinking about renting or borrowing, don't just think about it. Look into it. If it's a rental place, call them. Maybe even try a rental for a week of something just to see the ease of setting it up and how fast you can get your stuff. For me, there's a camera rental shop about 45 minutes from my house. I know I can just drive over there, pick something up, and I'm in business until I figure out how I'm going to find a more permanent solution. Maybe you have the same option. Maybe your options are more limited, but know what you can do right away on a moment's notice. And it's going to give you so much more peace of mind. There's nothing like the feeling of going through your day and knowing that no matter what happens, I know how I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to prevail. So we've been talking about keeping spare things, having emergency backup plans, having replacement or backup gear ready to go. You want to do the same thing for your files. This is the next pro tip. File redundancy and backups. This is so important. Again, over a career of photography, the many, many hours that you're going to be running your hard drive disks, that you're going to be 
plugging and unplugging the SD cards from a camera to a card reader or a USB cable in and out, you're going to be wearing things out. Eventually, a hard drive will fail, an SD card will fail, and a computer will fail. If you're used to using this equipment on like a casual basis, you know, not really like for hours and hours and hours at a time, maybe if you're a gamer or something you do, but for everybody else, you're not really putting your machines through their paces like you do when you're a full-time real estate photographer. So the odds of you experiencing an equipment failure are much higher than your average casual technology consumer. And because you're at more risk for failure, you need to put in more layers of preparation to mitigate those risks. Making sure you have multiple backups of your files is one of the ways to do this. I use an older camera or older cameras with only one memory card slot. And I'm comfortable with that because in the driveway or just up the street when I'm done with the appointment, I will take out the SD card plug it into my laptop, and transfer the files from an SD card to a hard drive. I briefly review the files in Lightroom. I set up a Lightroom catalog unique to that photo shoot, and then, you know, I organize my files that way. So before I actually leave the area, I have two copies of every single file. Once I edit and deliver the final images, it's not as important to me to keep redundant backups because... I've done the work, I've gotten paid. If this portfolio work or if there's a chance where I might need to redo things, yeah, sure, I'll hang on to them. I mean, I'm in no hurry to delete this data anyway. I only delete stuff from like years ago just so I can constantly free up space. Real estate photography is great in that sense because it has such a high turnaround. In fact, in the future, if someone wants photos in that house, I'll tell them that we'll have to do a photo shoot again. So we're using updated and current files for the property as it is okay next tip hot glue and tape in the winter months if you're in a place like new england you're going to be wearing gloves outside and sometimes inside depending on the property in real estate photography at least in my area i'm shooting everything including properties that are vacant and sometimes winterized so I spend a lot of time handling my gear with gloves on. That becomes very painfully difficult with most cameras. Just because the buttons aren't as responsive when you're wearing gloves, no matter how tight-fitting and high-tech the gloves are, sometimes you're just not quite as able to maneuver the right buttons and the right functions at the right time. And it's inconvenient, it's annoying, and you end up taking off your gloves and then you get freezing cold hands anyway and you're super uncomfortable. You can use the hot glue on buttons and switches. Hot glue, you can dab it on there in proper amounts to add an extra little layer of something to give you more grip on a switch that might be either difficult to find or difficult to actually flip due to you know not being able to build up enough friction or maybe if the switch is too small. I know I have to do this on some of my flashes. The switch is almost flat with the side of the plastic housing of the flash unit. So when I go to flip the switch, my finger mostly slides on it and I have to dig in my fingernail to get it to flip. But put on a little dab of hot glue and that's just not a problem anymore. And don't worry about if you're gonna mess up your gear or whatever. The hot glue, you can scrape it off with a razor blade nice and clean like it was never there. So if you go to sell it, you can clean all that stuff off. Same thing for putting a little dab on a button. It makes it easier to press if you have to wear gloves or if the button is especially difficult to access already. Just be careful not to get it in the little crease or crevice around the bezel of the button. Tape you can use to do the same thing. You can take a length of tape and fold it into a tab leaving the ends of the tape still separated and then wrap them along something. Or you can fold it, leaving one end much longer than the other and just place that end on something. For example, a flippy or a tilty screen on your camera. You can throw some tape on there, create a tab. Of course, be careful not to have tape on this physical screen, but this tab you can use to pull 
and open up the screen for you without having to worry about getting your fingernail in there. I know it can be really troublesome if you don't really have fingernails that you can use to pry open these little tiny screens. And sometimes they can be difficult to get. If you use tape to throw in a little tab like that, it's a great time saver. And it's also going to help save you a lot of frustration. And that's pro tips. Got a couple of housekeeping items for you. If you've listened to housekeeping the last few episodes, nothing new here. Feel free to tune out. Okay, housekeeping. The full-time real estate photographer email is up. You can email me at fulltimerealestatephotographer at gmail.com. Feel free to send over any comments, questions, feedback on the podcast would be greatly appreciated. And if your question warrants an answer or your comment is appropriate to read on a future recording, I will. And I will also read off your name so you know that it came from you. And finally, the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer podcast is growing, but what's growing even faster is the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer course. I'm working on developing a training course on taking anyone from not understanding how to even handle a camera all the way to the end of running a productive and profitable real estate photography business. I want to teach you how to be a full-time real estate photographer. If you are, or if you are a photographer wanting to get into real estate, I'm going to go through everything that you need to know to start getting paid for your real estate photography. If you are interested in this, I'm going to make it available for pre-sales at a special discounted rate very soon. I'm aiming for a January 1st start date. All new updates on the course I'm going to be bringing up at the tail end of the podcast, just like I did with this one today. Once the course is up and running and my promotional sales are nearing an end, I'll be announcing them more towards the beginning. And with that, I want to thank you for your time. This has been the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast, Episode 9, Pro Tips.